Hello everyone and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we are talking about mastitis in the nursing mother. There are other issues with the breast that we're not really touching on here today. Mastitis in the nursing mother is near and dear to my heart because this is what got me involved in homeopathy in the first place. I happen to have had recurring mastitis and a wonderful man in our homeschool group he was also a naturopath and a homeopath, and he is the one that handed me a little remedy and got me hooked on homeopathy. And like I said, I've, I know I've told that story before, but I was asked to give more information about mastitis, and so here we are, all right? Um, so for those of you who are in a member's corner, you can go to the member's corner. I've put a full printable in there that helps to explain the mammary gland, which is an exocrine gland in the humans, as well as all mammals. That's why they call them mammals because they have mammary glands. And um, all mammals produce milk to feed their young or offspring. And so, and I've put that in there and I also have um, given some anatomy so that those of you who aren't real familiar with anatomy of the human body can actually read through this and get a little more information. And it just really helps to solidify it in your mind as to what's going on within our bodies. Which I know when I was a young mother, I had no clue. I mean, I know this sounds terrible. Well, I had anatomy in school to just the very basics. You know, you have biology and zoology and things like that in school. But you know what? It doesn't, I didn't really connect that to myself. It was in a book. It was something we were learning. But, you know, to take and turn that around as a, you know, a lot of people don't. Okay. And I, I was one of those who didn't. It was like, what? That's me. I have those. And so anyway, it is, it's, it's actually a really good idea for moms to talk to their daughters about things um, <laughs> before they start having kids. Anyway, um, and the functions of the mammary glands and how they work, like I said, and what causes issues. You know, we, we think that we're just going to be able to have this baby and to nurse without issues and so on and so forth. And nowadays we have so many babies being born tongue-tied and things like that, that it actually causes extra stress on the nipples and, and the moms are more prone to soreness and all sorts of things. So that's, you know, I, like I said, I've thrown in the anatomy here and that's helpful to a lot of people. Uh, so anyway, Back to the actual issue of mastitis. It's not a funny deal, okay? When I know if you ask most people, they're gonna, if you ask what causes mastitis, um, most people will say bacteria gets in through the nipple and causes an issue and so on and so forth. And uh, well, it has not been my experience that that's the problem, okay? It, in my experience, it is almost always, always due to a, a, an injury of some sort. Now, I'll tell you kind of a funny story because when we first moved to Minnesota, now mind you, when we lived in Michigan when I was a kid, we, we had a hog farm. My dad raised farrowing sows and we also had, um, we rented, well, we had like, a, I don't know, 200 and some acre farm. It wasn't big, but then dad rented another 1,500 acres and he raised crops. That was his cash, you know, he had raised cash crops. So anyway, long story short, <laughs> we kids had plenty of experience with ducks and geese and hogs. And we raised, we had a few cattle, um, you know, raised them from calves and sold them usually as feeders and horses. We loved horses, had lots of horses and we had all of our little pets and things like that. Anyway, <laughs> 
I didn't have a, we didn't have a lot of, and we had no experience with milk cows other than our neighbor who we used to get milk from. We'd go over there and we'd watch them milk. They had two or three milk cows. We'd watch them milk. Dad furnished them with the feed and they gave us milk. Okay. So that was our only experience with milk cows. And we thought they were so pretty and so gentle and so just so nice. So then when we moved to Minnesota to a dairy farm, oh, you know, we who love to ride horses and things like that thought, oh my gosh, these gentle creatures out in the pasture, we can just jump on them and we can ride them around in the pasture. <laughs> oh my gosh, my poor father. Anyway, so one day dad comes out there. We've been riding these cows for, I don't know, close to a week, I bet. <laughs> we'd find a cow standing close to the fence. We'd jump on her and sometimes she'd run away. Sometimes she'd just walk. <laughs> See how long it took us to get thrown off. Um, one day, anyway, I was on this one cow and, um, my dad comes around the corner of the barn and, oh, he lets a beller out of him and we all froze. <laughs> I jumped off the cow. He says, don't ever, ever ride the cows. They'll all get mastitis. And we're like, what? <laughs> What's that? And sure enough, one of the cows did end up coming down with a minor, um, bit of mastitis. She was sore for a few days, but that's kind of what happens. And I know the first time I ever had mastitis, um, I actually was a full blown milk fever. Okay. But that had to do with, um, and what's milk fever, right? <laughs> well, milk fever, cattle tend to get it quite readily if they're high producers or if, um, their minerals are imbalanced. And so when I got milk fever, I was, I had been nursing, I don't know, I think my baby was four or five months old and I was out playing my my uncle was trying to teach me to play tennis. I thought it was going to be so much fun. Well, I worked really, really hard that day, you know, and sweating. Plus being a nursing mother, obviously I got very depleted in minerals and I injured my breast. Probably I didn't, I wasn't conscious of the fact that I, that I had injured myself, but about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I was a shivering cold. So I knew I was getting a fever and my breast hurt so bad. So, 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 so bad. I could hardly stand it. And so I let my husband sleep until he, it was time for him to get up for work. And I told him, I says, honey, I'm so sick. I'm so, so sick. I, and by that time I knew I had a fever. I got up and I walked, went and got, I took my temp. It was 102 at that point. And my husband's like, I got to go to work. And I says, what am I supposed to do? And he says, I don't know. You'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, my husband is a diehard can't miss work for anything type of thing. Anyway, so I, I laid there until I felt it was a reasonable hour. And then I, by the time I tried to get up, I, um, I couldn't see straight. It was like the whole world, my whole world was crooked. I was that sick. So I got a hold of my, I went to the phone. I got my, my folks came and helped me, took me to the doctor. The doctor told me I had milk fever. Um, so yes, put me on an antibiotic and um, of course everyone had their ideas of what I should do at the time. I got over it, but then I was subject to recurring mastitis and every, almost every single baby after that, I would have mastitis and have to go on an antibiotic. So it was not fun. It was very, very painful. And it wasn't until my eighth child that this wonderful homeopath, other homeschool dad gave me the homeopathic remedy Phytoloca. That is the number one remedy for mastitis of any kind. And that's one that everyone needs to remember because it affects the mammary glands so effectively. The mammary glands, the lymphatic glands. And so 
anyway, after that, my mastitis, because I at that by that point I had recurring chronic mastitis, and I would have it like every six weeks, and it just kept further and further apart until the day I never got it again. Even with my last three children, I never had mastitis again. I sometimes would feel a little bit of aching. I would take a dose of Phytolocate, it would go away. So for me, that remedy worked fantastically. Absolutely, I, it was just like a dream. A lot of women don't have that kind of luck. They say yeah, they took it, it didn't work. But there again, what was the cause of the mastitis? So we're gonna talk about that here in a few minutes. But I am going to give tell you a little bit more about Phytoloca because it's, um, it is a remedy that is fantastic for inflammation of the glands harden or hardening of the glands for it's also for sore throats with inflammation of the glands again this is the glandular remedy glandular mammary lymphatic it's for soreness with lumps from colds dampness nursing women with mastitis and all the symptoms thereof if she becomes chilled sore breasts result over exercises sore inflamed breasts result affects the nervous system, the throat, the digestive system, the fibrous tissues throughout the entire body. The breasts can become stony hard or swollen or tender. The pain can go from the nipple all over the entire body. The milk can even become thick or scant and unhealthy. Nipples can develop small ulcers. They can be cracked or sensitive or inverted. They can, you can, um, the woman can also have enlarged axillary glands or breast cancer can actually develop. Uh, they say that this is actually the cure for breast cancer because it has such an effect on the mammary glands. And you know, there's so many women around the world that if you, they go in, they find out they have breast cancer and you say, no, 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 just, just take Phytoloca. <laughs> They're going to look at you like, what? Actually, Phytoloca is a really, you know, it's a remedy that's in my first book and it's also in the second book, Homeopathy Beyond Acute Care. And I am so thankful for that remedy. Like I said, I just, and every woman needs to know about it if she's going to be a nursing mother. I've even used it for my cows. You know, it's, um, I look back and I don't know how many farmers there are out there, but we have so many wonderful organic farmers nowadays. And, you know, I talk to my, the neighbor, our neighbor, she comes into the store all the time and I says, so how do you guys deal with mastitis and things like that on your farm? And she just looked at me, she goes, we don't get that on our farm. I says, you're kidding me. She says, no. Um, and I says, that's just amazing because it's something that non-organic farmers have to deal with all the time. And it's, you know, again, the conventional farmers tend to push their cows so hard that it leaves them weak. It leaves them in, you know, susceptible to like say a milk fever because you get that mineral imbalance when a cow is producing so heavily that it's unnatural then it's, like I said then she's susceptible to milk fever and then again whatever that affects the mammary and she's subject to mastitis and so on and so forth and so when I talk to my organic farmer she says no we our cows hardly ever ever get sick I'm like I just oh I just love it it's just amazing that you know they don't have to deal with that so but what does cause mastitis as well there are other you know a lot of studies show that it could be the strep bacteria and that's why a lot of doctors will say or you know like if you go in and you find out you have mastitis and the doctor will say well the baby you, you know you could have been sorry maybe you didn't wash yourself well enough and um, bacteria got in through the nipple <sighs> unless someone actually injects something in through the nipple um, if that baby isn't you know suffering from some disease, you know, really, how is that infection going to get in through the nipple? Okay. 
Um, most mothers keep themselves relatively clean. <laughs> they tend to change their breast pads quite often. And so the chances of it actually coming in through the nipple, like I said, are, are very, very minimal. What's more likely than not, if it is caused by a strep infection or you know, strep bacteria, the most likely thing is that the mother has a predisposition to strep in the first place. She's got it in her history. She's had a history of strep throat, or maybe she had strep B before they, the baby was born, or she had some other illness. Well, the thing is, is um, we all know that bacteria, all of the strep, staph, um, E. coli, all of these things are naturally present in our bodies anyway. A healthy immune system holds all those bad bacteria at bay and the good bacteria dominate the system. Well, sometimes a mom, especially if it's not her first child, she starts to get wore out. She starts, she's not getting her rest. She's taking care of all the children, nursing the baby, and she starts to get simply exhausted. What happens when you get exhausted? Your immune system is compromised. And that's when she can get the mastitis eat more easily because then the body can't hold the bad bacteria at bay like it's supposed to be. And so then those things come to the surface and any weak spot is where it can land. And what's, what can be a weak spot? Well, maybe she wasn't able to nurse the baby as much as she would have liked to. Maybe the baby wasn't, was sleeping too much. And so she got over engorged or she got chilled or she got bumped just right. What can happen then? That bad bacteria that's a little bit more dominant because her immune system isn't where it's supposed to be can land in that breast. And because she's already susceptible because she got hit or bumped or cold or chilled. And that's another thing too, is a, a mom has to be real careful so that her breasts don't get really chilled because that can also cause, um, an, 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 not, I won't say an injury, but it can affect the breast if they get too chilled. And so anyway, long story short, that in itself can be the cause of a strep type mastitis. And if that be the case, we always want to remember, um, you know, a lot of women like the belladonna because it's really good for inflammation. It doesn't, you know, belladonna we think of as the antiviral, but we can't forget that it's also the itis remedy. You know, anytime we get an inflammation, that's an itis. So you have like um, meningitis, appendicitis. Um, what are some other itises? <laughs> Anyway, point is, is any itis, think of belladonna. And so that's why a lot of women actually have really, really good luck just using belladonna. They'll say, oh, I didn't use anything except belladonna when I had mastitis and I got over it right away. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's something to understand because, um, like I said, the itis, the inflammation, the redness, the hot, the swelling, always think of belladonna. Okay, some of the common symptoms of mastitis, you may experience symptoms whether you're breastfeeding or not because you can actually have some unresolved issues from having been breastfeeding or like if you took antibiotics and it was just a suppressed situation, it can come back again. Um, you can end up with breast lumps or just plain pain, um, redness and heat, uh, swelling in the affected side only. See, I was always, I, I was always one-sided. So a lot of women are, um, in fact, as most women are, it'll just be a one-sided issue, uh, fever and flu-like symptoms. Like I said, I would get a really high fever. Some women don't. So it's just one of those things itching. Um, the affected area can actually itch sometimes beforehand. 
The nipple can start itching beforehand and then you can end up with that soreness. Um, nipple discharge or tenderness, um, tender swollen lymph nodes, even in the armpit. And I will tell you that uh, I always would have soreness in my armpit when I had mastitis. And usually sometimes it was even my very first symptom before this mastitis would hit. And again, tenderness, there's always tenderness. Um, and so I've actually had women tell me that if they go outside and get chilled, you know, very often it'll make the milk come in, but it'll also sometimes can cause mastitis just if they get chilled like that. So that's something to remember. Just remember the symptoms. And the thing is, is when you, you can look all, I, I put, I did put in the rubrics, some of the rubrics here. So you can look at the remedies. You always choose the one that's most like your situation, like cures like, and for mastitis, I always choose just, like I said, just the one remedy I had, like I said, I had used the Belladonna when I found out I should, <laughs> but Phytolog was the only remedy I ever needed. And many women find that it's just, it's just that one remedy, but you've got to find it. One of the most famous remedies for mastitis has been Lacan, which is Lacanum, which is like, um, You'll probably have to get that from a homeopath because I don't even know if that's one you can get at a regular conventional store anymore. But I mean, we carry it in our store, our online store, but you have to be a member to purchase a lot of our remedies. But lac can was a really huge remedy for, like I said, mastitis. So I've put down here a few, like I said, a few rubrics. And remember, rubrics are the um, the way that they they write these out, write the symptoms in the repertory. So. Again, we look at the body part, chest, and what's going on, what's mastitis? It's inflammation of the mammy, okay? So, and mastitis is the clinical name. So the first rubric I've listed here is chest, inflammation, mammy, mastitis. And with that, there is about 50 remedies listed. And of those 50, Arnica is huge. Belladonna is really, really, um, again, is one of the most important remedies for mastitis. But don't discount Bellis per because Bellis, remember, is in the, the Belladonna family. It's more deep-seated. It's for like your adipose tissue. It's for um, organ tissue like after surgery. It's, very, it's a very, very good remedy for soft tissue damage. Um, Bryonia, again, worse for motion. We're, we're matching the symptoms. We're always matching the symptoms. Like I said, I've listed them all here and it's, it's amazing how many remedies are actually listed. Calendula is one that you, sh you can certainly think of as well. Calendula is again, it's a great remedy for like busted eardrums, damaged tissues. Camphor is listed. Hepersulf. And again, Hepersulf is again, that's going to address a lot of the bacterial type issues. Lac can, phosphorus, phytoloca, silica, sulfur, so that just gives you an idea of how many remedies are actually listed. There's so, so many. And when you look at the list, you're going to say, wow, that's very interesting. Aconite is listed as well. Remember, aconite is the number one remedy for, like, if you got chilled. You're gonna, that's the first remedy you're going to look at. You're going to just forego the phytoloca or belladonna. You know this came on because you got chilled. So take the aconite. If you've got injured, definitely take the arnica first. It's look at, treat the symptoms, you, the, the reason, what's that trigger? Go ahead and take those remedies. If it doesn't take care of it, then look at the deeper acting remedies. Um, chest, inflammation, mammae, mastitis, the left side. How about the right side? 
with the left side there's several remedies listed cystus can be in one of them a cystus can is another one of our huge glandular remedies isn't it and then we have the right side phytoloca is huge and is a great remedy for the right side and there's there's actually five remedies in each for the left and the right from injuries what are you know arnica bellus per and conium are the remedies listed for mastitis due to injuries due to emotional excitement phytoloca due to nursing the child there's bryonia croton tiglium and lac can for nursing the child we have chest inflammation mammy mastitis nipples okay so where the nipples are extremely affected there's a lot of remedies listed here the main being belladonna bryonia calc because again calc calcara is remember what is that calcium very often we need to look at our minerals and make sure that they're balanced when we're nursing mothers it's huge it's super super huge it's very important chamomile graphites phosphorus phytoloca pulsatilla sepia silica sulfur and if we stop and look at these remedies you know here we have belladonna which is the itis the inflammation hot red swollen bryonia worse for movement calc mineral deficiency chamomile <laughs> has there been an you know anger type of situation going on chamomile will very often bring on a mastitis situation in nursing women if that's been going on graphites I always think of graphites for someone who has been in through an emotional situation that they feel like they need to keep the peace in the family graphites is huge phosphorus phytoloca again of course because of the glandular situation so just always look at the remedy itself and make your choice here we have the inflammation of the nipples tender to touch again phytoloca chamomile um, during or after paturation the same remedies are listed belladonna bryonia Merck. Uh, Merck and Hepersol, remember, we're talking about in, like an infection. That was when we're thinking of like the strep that could be taken over there. That could be the cause. Pulsatilla, silica, and sulfur. So, you know, with that, it gives you a really good idea of how the body, like, cures like. You take the right remedy, it's going to trigger the body to heal itself. It's just the way it is. It's amazing. The body wants to heal itself, but the messages get mixed up. And once it starts going downhill, I say downhill, it's been injured or it got chilled or the minerals are not balanced perfectly or the child has been nursing nonstop for the last 24 hours because he doesn't feel well. The breast gets sore and it's an injury. Look at them like that because it's, it's, you go to the doctor and you say, I have mastitis. That's so generic, so, so generic for the doctor. He's going to say, well, let's get you on some antibiotics. We'll get, we'll fix you right up. No, that's not going to fix you right up. It's going to suppress the issue. That mental issue that went along with the physical ailment that actually occurred. And if if it is strep, you know, yes, it's going to hold it at bay. It's going to shove it back down into that pigeonhole until such a time it gets to come back up. Because that's not going to fix the immune system, is it? But homeopathy will fix the immune system. It will address the trigger that's being caused here. And that's why you want to pick the best remedy for the situation like i said i always just got lucky with a phytoloca and always fixed me up i was probably the most chronic person i ever met when it came to a mastitis you have to remember that i had chronic strep throat all my life so even though strep was probably you know the deep-seated issue that i was dealing with the phytoloca because it affected the glandular system of my body so perfectly it always took care of my mastitis and so it's kind of funny because i the side I had strep throat on all the time, where it would start, 
um, my whole throat would get super inflamed, but it always starts on one side. I always got mastitis on the other side. So I have that, you know, alternating side type thing going on. But it, it is interesting, like I said, and if you talk to a good homeopath, they're gonna be able to say, oh, you've got this, 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 and that. You know what, this is gonna be a really good remedy for you. But acutely, if it's the first time you've ever gotten it, you know, look back, what, what was going on in your life? Were you exhausted? Were you emotionally stressed out? Did you get injured? Were you, did you get chilled? Did you get no sleep? You know, what's going on? Look at that, look at the symptoms and pick the remedy and you will have fantastic luck getting rid of your mastitis because it does, it just goes away. I have had, I, you know, one woman I, I know, she always took Apis and I said, Apis, I never thought of Apis, but again, you know, she said, she described the hot, red, swollen, I'm like, oh, sure. Then you would think of Apis. See, I didn't have all those things. So again, I just had the, the very sore tenderness. I did have the hardness and swelling, but I didn't have that hot, swollen, hot, like you would think of for Apis. So that's one we think of as well. It is listed in the mastitis rubric. Um, it's not one of it's not one of the main remedies I've ever used, but it is definitely an important remedy as well. So like I said, it's just important to understand this and how quickly the body will heal itself when you match like cures like. All right. With that, folks, I'm going to let you go. If you are not a member of our members group, it's growing like crazy because um, like-minded people love to visit. And with, our, and with our members group too, we do have a live Q&A every month. Um, which gives you a chance to just chat, ask questions. And we have our members forum, which is private, but people can ask questions and talk to each other on there, chatting, you know, like, um, I guess I don't, I don't do Facebook, but a lot of people say it's very similar to Facebook in the sense that you chat like that and people respond. Uh, we have our resources. We have a mini training every month and we have the printables to all our podcasts as well as some other really fun things. We have um, recipes and we talk about anatomy and cranial sacral and some other wonderful health, helpful health tips. So, and that's why, it's, you know, like, because I love cranial sacral so much, but I use it, I incorporate them together. And so I will be, as I'm teaching these classes, I was saying, this is a really good situation where I would use this remedy or that remedy. <laughs> so it all works together. It's just like, you know, like I said, it's so important to have enough knowledge about the different aspects of the health fields, the natural health fields, to know which direction you can go and, and helping your family. So like I said, I always look at homeopathy as the number one natural health aspect of for our family. Everything beyond that is is just helpful. And it all works so well together that I don't, I don't hesitate, you know, like I said, to use cranial sacral or acupuncture or something like that, or chiropractic to just help bring in alignment so that the body gets straightened out, whatever has to happen. <laughs> because it's like somebody with a, a broken leg, you can give them homeopathy and the, the leg is going to work to heal, but it's always nice to go ahead and set that bone. <laughs> all right. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for joining me. And I hope this has been helpful. May God bless you and yours.